Hello and welcome to Don't Pee on Your Leg and Other Scientific Misconceptions, where every episode we discuss some scientific misconceptions and we hope that you learn something you didn't already know about the world. I'm here with my co-host, Camden, pass the Reese's please, Hanslick Burton. And joining me is my co-host, Margaret, that'll be 12 deviled eggs, Hanslick Burton. <laughs> and joining us for a second appearance is our guest host, Brooke Wednesday Adams Askey. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the show. show. Brooke, thank you so much for joining us for a second time. Can you remind the people at home um, about who you are? Uh, yeah, I am Margaret's coworker. Yep. And I am friend. Can't, oh, you. Well, it's news to me. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. And no I'm Camden's friend and not coworker. Mm. I'll take that. Um, and yeah, thanks for having me back. I'm excited. Yeah. We're very excited to have you. Um, our first segment, as you'll recall, is what we are excited about. Uh, who wants to go first? Cameron, you said you were excited about something. I am. Margaret, yes. one year and six days ago, guess what we were doing? Oh, boy. Uh, probably, probably like putting together Pinterest boards about Thanksgiving and... Yep, never have done that in my life. In fact, we were recording <laughs> and producing our very first episode of Don't Pee on Your Leg. Yay! Yay! Wait, keep yaying, because like, oh, yay! It's never ready ever. (laughs) The history of this entire podcast has never been ready in my entire life. I can find it. I can find it. Oh my god. Oh, I found it. I found it. I found it. Oh no, that's the movie. This Why cut. <laughs> what was that first sound? The first one was, was like mo- a, p- a movie thing, like Inception. Hold on, let me, uh, sh- let me play it for you. Yeah, but it See, was like at volume it one. It sounds like, but she pressed it over. <laughs> <laughs> oh my Jeez. god! Oh, one year. Hey, yeah, we're never wow. producing another episode. <laughs> This is the one-year anniversary and, and the, the final one. <laughs> I hope you've enjoyed just kidding, it. Just kidding. Just kidding. Please come back. Please come um, back. It's been a year. I actually didn't believe it. Um, I We have a spreadsheet that we use to track all of our episodes. And By we, Cameron means he has a spreadsheet he tracks all of our episodes with. Yep, because I'm not a monster. Very and profesh. Very professional. It was one year, six days ago. So happy anniversary to all of us. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. I'm integral to <laughs> yeah. the beginning of this podcast. Yes. the very beginning. Yes, indeed. Um, Brooke, what are you excited about? I'm excited to be back. That's all I've got. Great. That looks great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I was trying to think of things that I was excited about, but I'm most excited about being back on the podcast because yeah. it's a good time. Yeah, it is. Um, Margaret. Oh. What are you excited about? Oh, gosh. Okay. So... I'm excited about Thanksgiving food. We're recording this, what day is it? November 5th. But it will air after Thanksgiving. So I'm excited. Oh, we're really just I'm, giving away all the I'm secrets, I'm letting huh? people in behind the curtain. <laughs> I'm letting them in behind the curtain. Um, and I'm, I mean, truthfully, that's true. I am excited for Thanksgiving food, even though it's like a couple weeks till Thanksgiving. As a vegetarian, turkey mm. does nothing for me, but I love... A good side. I love a good sweet potato casserole. I love a good Mm -hmm. stuffing. Three, two, one. Let's all name our favorite Thanksgiving food. Three, Three, two, two, one. Deviled eggs. Oh. I don't even know what you said. I said stuffing. Oh. You said deviled eggs? Yeah, mashed potatoes. Wait, for real, deviled eggs are your favorite? Love deviled eggs. God, I could go through a whole carton's worth of deviled eggs. You're, that's, you're a sociopath. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. See, I didn't realize that... Deviled eggs were a Thanksgiving thing. Okay, I have to admit, I used to make those Did you? when I was a kid for Thanksgiving as like a way to contribute. Sure. Because that's all I could 
Make. Boiling eggs. I mean, that's that's yeah. a hard skill to learn as a yeah. child. Is like yeah. when the you eggs are done, when you put them in the ice. Egg bath. pieces off. Yeah, yeah cut yeah. them half. Egg you gotta pieces. whip, whip, whip. Yeah, mm-hmm. paprika. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, ding, ding, ding. And that's go. Camden's recipe for deviled <laughs> eggs. <laughs> <laughs> a little ding, ding, ding. Little yeah. paprika. Oh my god! Cammy. Can we have a whole podcast just sharing vegetarian Thanksgiving recipes? Uh, yeah. Yes. What are we gonna call it? Three, two, two one. one. You don't Veggie need time. meat to have a good time. There we I go. didn't come up with anything. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Thanksgiving food. So excited. I yes. love oh the sides. Also pie. Oh, pie. Yeah. What's your favorite pie? Three, Three two, two, one. one. Apple. Apple and I'll fight you. Apple and I'll fight you? Yeah. Did you say chocolate? I said chocolate. Like That's... French silk? Yeah. That's a good My one. mom makes that for mm. me because she knows That's I fine. love it. That's a good one. Yeah. That's okay. That's a really good one. Apple's also say? great. Apple. Apple. I have to yeah. say any pie is yeah. a good yeah. pie. Any and pie is a good pie. I mean, the traditional pumpkin pie, whipped That's cream. Mm. That's great. a lot of that. That's great. Mm-hmm. Cherry. A good cherry. That's okay. Love I mean, cherry. if there's ice cream with it, I eat it. Sure. Welcome to our podcast where we name <laughs> types of pie. <laughs> rhubarb. Ooh. But it's a tradition. You can have some rhubarb pie. With just a lot more ice cream than you would have with the other pies. Oh. Ice cream, or I'm sorry, rhubarb to me is like bitter Okay, we don't want to lose, don't want to lose. Well, to me, some people nice. love it. My mother loves in it. In my Strawberry personal rhubarb. opinion. Yeah, in my garbage. personal opinion, I do not speak for the podcast. Rhubarb is not my favorite. People love it. That's great. I love a good apple. And with that. Apple. <laughs> Speaking of good apples. And with that, let's uh, what, let's say we move into the misconception portion of the show. Oh, right. Um, so every week we bring a new scientific misconception to share, explain, and discuss. And as we always say, each of us bring this misconception on our own. We don't tell each other beforehand what it's going to be so that we are learning and discussing along with the listener. Mm-hmm. So we are going to... Flip a coin, heavy emphasis on quotations there, and to see who goes first. But we never have a coin, so what should we do to determine who goes first of the three of us? Um, <clears throat> if it were really Thanksgiving, we'd pull on a wishbone. Well, we a mutant wishbone oh. with three parts. Mm, 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 mm. Um, because Margaret gave it away, and it's not really Thanksgiving. I don't have a mutant wishbone. It will be a wishbone. We have pull open soon. my junk drawer, which mm-hmm. is underneath our recording. Coffee table. Recording table. Sorry. You're right. An Ethernet cable. How is this going to be helpful? A tripod. That's three. Here we go. We're going to pull it apart. Um, Yep. We're going to wishbone this tripod. No, we're not. Yeah. It has little detachable pieces. Does it? Does it really? Okay. Whoever gets the most pieces goes first. Goes first. Okay. Okay. Three, two, one. Oh, heck yeah. Camden. Camden. Honestly, I'm really proud of myself. I wish now we videotaped this entire series. Yeah. Because that was like Nostradamus. Yeah, that was really good. I called called for a wishbone. This tripod tripod (laughs) comes into pieces. Oh my gosh. I won. You did. That was a great idea. I really didn't think you were serious when yeah. you said to pull it apart but it worked and i think it'll go back together hopefully we'll see uh yeah mm-hmm. honestly it was worth breaking the tripod I'll also i think i've won like three yeah. starts in a row yeah, so yeah. here we go here we go that right. lead off and how a pro pro right that's how you say it mm-hmm. uh happy thanksgiving thank you to everyone in the united states thank you thank you happy black friday which this is airing Ooh. on no, thank you. While you listen at 5 a.m. in the Best Buy parking lot, no. <laughs> still full of tofurkey. Go to sleep. Talk mash, to your parent. Talk to your family. Mashed potatoes. They are in line with you. Mashed Take potatoes, a nap. Read a book. Honestly, eggs. if you wanted the good deals, you had to get there the night before. Yeah. So. Uh, what, makes a good what deal. You snooze, you lose. Yep. We need to tackle <laughs> one of the most popular misconceptions that has ever been. Wow. Oh. I don't think that's quantifiable. What happens... When you eat too much turkey. Three, two, one. Cholesterol. Yeah. From sleepiness. (laughs) Why does turkey make you sleepy? It's the tryptophan, I bet. It's the tryptophan. Or is it? Let's dig into... Spooky. Spooky. Yeah, who said that? (laughs) Um, Tryptophan. What do we know about tryptophan and turkey? 
sleepy. Causes sleepiness. What is tryptophan? No idea. No, no idea. idea. No idea. Uh, well, we know turkey, like most meats, is full of what essential component of our bodies? Protein. Blood. Protein. Oh. Oh. How, what? I got How right. fresh are the turkeys you're eating? I've not eaten a turkey in years. Okay, not even letting <laughs> you near a turkey. Being full of blood. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to your Isn't dad. that a dark me? Yeah, I'm going to talk to your dad. That's the dark joke. <laughs> um, so tryptophan made of protein, or sorry, turkey made of protein. Mm-hmm. Proteins are made up of little building blocks, going all the way back to ninth grade biology, called amino acids. Very good. And one of the essential amino acids, well, I shouldn't say essential because there are eight essential ones. Actually, is a technical word. One of the amino acids is tryptophan. So, tryptophan is amino acid, makes it protein. There's a lot of protein in turkey. Mm. Why is tryptophan so special? Um, first off, there this myth comes from the idea, uh, or from the actual fact, that tryptophan is a precursor to serotonin. What so, the, you- the actual fact is that... Tryptophan is a precursor to serotonin. Yes, that's true. It is a okay. It is a component to the creation synthesis of serotonin, mm-hmm. which uh, we know gets converted into melatonin. Mm. And if you've ever taken melatonin, that is supposed to help you with what? Sleeping. I take it every night. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Does it help? It does actually. So that's like the connection. So tryptophan causes you to sleep. All right, Brooke, All right. your turn. See you later. Over now. <laughs> so tryptophan connected to oh yeah, Brooke's been on a walkie-talkie this whole time. <laughs> she keeps saying strong copy. quality. Roger yeah. that. Yeah, we've been editing out most of those, but I left that Roger at Roger that in mm-hmm. just so people knew that yeah. she's on walkie-talkie. Loud and clear. <laughs> yeah, she keeps doing that. I'm editing all of those out too, but I left that one in also. Um, tryptophan, yep, makes serotonin which leads to melatonin, makes sense then, why you would get sleepy. Mm-hmm. However, turkey being full of protein, it is not, proteins are not just made of one amino acid. They are like a mixture of a thousands and thousands of amino acids smushed together um, to make up a certain protein. Every protein has slightly different concentrations. So when you eat turkey, you're not just eating uh, tryptophan. Like, if you right. think about, like... It's just one of the many, many things you're consuming. Yep. It is one of the many things. There's the thigh. There's the thigh. Butt area. Thigh, also full of a lot of protein. <laughs> um, there have been studies that have shown tryptophan has led to uh, decreased alertness, some sleepiness in test subjects when it was ingested solely. But if you think about one of the only ways to ingest certain amino acids solely is through like vitamins mm-hmm. or um, like protein shakes, like those sort of, even those though are full of like yeah, all the amino acids on. going on. Um, when you ingest a lot of protein, all those amino acids are going through your bloodstream. So it's not like your brain can just absorb the tryptophan to make serotonin, to make melatonin. It's competing with all these other amino acids. So mm-hmm. you're actually just giving your blood a lot of other competing amino acids. So it makes it really less likely that you're going to make a bunch of melatonin when you eat turkey. Um, But that myth is sticky because they have found generally that people are sleepy after Thanksgiving. Why would that be? Correlative, not causation. Great. Correlation does equal causation. Why might you be sleepy after a nice Thanksgiving dinner? Because you're nice and round, full of... All that good, good sides. Yep. yep. In my case. Yeah. So or name, turkey. What was your Sometimes. favorite side, Brooke? Mashed potatoes. Yep. And mashed potatoes full of carbohydrates. Carbohydrates. Those are literally my favorite thing. Yep. Carbohydrates. We can all take a moment of silence and just appreciate them. Or a moment of mm. reflection and pause. Yeah. We love those carbohydrates. Uh, carbohydrates like sugar and starch. Um are removed from your blood through the release of insulin. So they get absorbed by your tissues, um, which actually then, if you can think about it, sort of dilute or doesn't dilute your blood, like concentrates your blood to only have certain amino acids left in it. 
So when you ingest a lot of carbs, you're actually removing a lot of things from your blood that aren't tryptophan, increasing the likelihood that your brain is going to absorb that tryptophan. Say that again. So you, you basically tryptophan in high concentrations can lead to you being sleepier. Right. But it's but not when in you high eat a bunch of protein, but when you eat a bunch of protein, yeah. it's competing. Mm-hmm. But when you eat a bunch of carbs, that is actually signaling to your body to start absorbing some of those things in your bloodstream, including carbohydrates and some amino acids. Mm. So this idea of eating a bunch of carbs with your protein might increase the chances that you're going to make the sleepy stuff. Oh. So, in fact, eating a bunch of carbohydrates with turkey might be one of the reasons that you're feeling sleepy. Gotcha. I can't just eat a whole turkey. Yeah. you got to also eat you got to eat those carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. Also, something very high in sugar, desserts. Our f- mm. other favorite food that we were all talking about, pies. Pie. Pies, super high in sugar. That's also going to increase the likelihood that you're going to feel a little sleepy afterwards. But you won't feel hyper. You won't feel hyper. And in fact, that's actually another good thing is we so we know in the fight or flight response, when you get into the fight mode, you stop digesting. Like your digestive system is part of your para or sympathetic nervous system. Like your body stops digesting food because in that moment, the most important thing is not that you digest your food. It's that like your eyes dilate. Yeah. Your like heart rate increases, you're like ready to fight. Yeah. They've found that the opposite tends to happen when you eat a lot of food. Your heart rate lowers, you get sleepier, you become less alert. Mm -hmm. And so this idea of just eating a lot of food just might trigger like, well, we should all think of what is the opposite of fight or flight? Pooping. Sleep or poop. (laughs) What I've gotten from this is you can't poop if you're ready to go. (laughs) Yep. I love it. Poop or nap. Poop or nap. (laughs) The opposite of the fight or flight response. (laughs) And the third thing people tend to drink, maybe especially, is alcohol. Mm -hmm. We know alcohol will make you sleepy. Yes. Um, And in fact, the other thing too is that, as Margaret always likes to do, she likes to go down this logical pathway of like, could it even be possible that turkey is the thing that giving you the most tryptophan? It is not the thing that gives you the most tryptophan. What's the thing that gives you the most tryptophan? The number one source of tryptophan is pumpkin and squash seeds. No. Yes. (laughs) Believe it. The seeds? Yep. Interesting. So real pumpkin pies might even give you a little bit of that. Who puts, wait, pumpkin seeds in pumpkin pie? Well, I don't actually know if that's some of the tryptophan's in the pumpkin too, but the seeds are very high in the okay. protein. Well, I guess if, it's, if you just grind and it some, all up together, I don't freaking know. Well, some of this also okay, is just no, like, that's it's no, not even that's a like no go. Uh, soybeans, Oh. mozzarella cheese. So tofu potentially? Yeah. Uh, tofu, lamb, beef, pork, game. In fact, chicken and turkey are below all the other red meats. Whoa. Interesting. So... And then the other, anything high in protein you can imagine. So, like, I've just named nuts and cheese mm-hmm. and beef and meat. Mm-hmm. Tuna, crab, uh, like, oats, eggs, all of those oh. are going to be high in tryptophan. They're just high in protein. Mm-hmm. Um, but doesn't make, turkey is not any more special than anything else. See, mm-hmm. now you're making me wonder, because I eat a lot of tofu. I eat a lot of beans. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of game, but is that why I'm tired all the time? <laughs> uh, it's all those beans. Yeah. Again... It, it's when it's you eat a lot of protein, it comes yeah. back to the essential point, which is that pooping and sleeping are the yeah, same. Yeah. <laughs> Again, when you eat a lot of protein, you're not just ingesting tryptophan. Right, right, right. right. So your body is mostly ingest. It was mostly spoken get it? ingest. Oh, God. What? You ingest. I, I thought, thought you were you making a pun. No, I wasn't. No, I will. Rewind the tapes. All right. <laughs> it was mostly spoken ingest. Uh, 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 oh, who had the who had the second largest piece of the wishbone <laughs> tripod? Um, great job, Camden. Thank you. That was really good, and now I'm really, really excited for Thanksgiving. I don't know. We both kind of had an equal piece. No, I no. Think, I think Brooke have a bigger <laughs> Mine was piece. Mine much bigger. Okay, yeah. you go, you go, you go. I, I don't know why again. I sounded so aghast <laughs> at that because uh, I actually you. don't care. But she was about to. Walk Mine out the was door. bigger. I'm just saying. Go ahead. Go, go ahead. for it. Okay. 
Can okay. I unwrap this dark Reese's quietly while you do this? Or you can ASMR it, baby. No. Okay. It's so loud. All Sounds right, I'm good. unwrapping it out of the table. Go ahead. Um, okay. My misconception is about possums. Ah. They're actually I spelled possums. with an O. That is part of it. Thanks for joining. Don't. Oh, is that? Oh, sorry. That's the entire thing. No. Oh. Um, Ooh, a spelling podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of the time people think that possums are pests, mm-hmm. mm. pest animals, um, which is a term I don't always usually, you know, I don't always usually, I don't always like mm-hmm. um, anyway, because animals are important to their ecosystem, but... When we talk about pest animals, we're talking about something that causes a problem for humans. Mm -hmm. Possums do not cause problems for humans. In fact, they're actually very helpful animals. So, to get into it, yes, possums in in North America, so in the U.S., are spelt with an O in front of their name. Um, You can pronounce it opossum or you can pronounce it possum. It's been really common to pronounce it just possum for like the last hundreds of years Mm. so that's cool too but possums in other countries where they're found in other countries that aren't in north america um are just possums with a p and they are actually different they come from or they're um they're all related to like kangaroos for example because they're all marsupials Marsupials. but they are in a different order Mm -hmm. of um In terms of, yeah, taxonomy. So they are a little bit different. But anyway, if you saw a possum in a tree in Australia, that's a different kind of possum. Mm. But we're talking about North American. What? (coughs) Sorry, move on. (laughs) (laughs) I have to say, if I can pause for one second. Yeah. I did not realize that there were opossums in other countries until just now. There's only possums. Not opossums. Okay, so there, but I didn't realize there were possums. Oh, there, yeah. there are different species. There are different species, but still, like I, I guess I was so focused on the, the fact that opossums are North America's only marsupial. Yes, that I really didn't. I was like, well, they're only here. Like uh-huh. I, I didn't think beyond that. So thank you. I'm already learning. Oh, Go good. Ahead. Sorry. Great job, me. Um, <laughs> so yeah, they are the only American marsupial that exists. Um, unlike other countries that have multiple kinds. Um, so they're kind of special already in that way, if you you care about that. Mm -hmm. Um, they are in fact not related to rats. Mm -hmm. Um, they look like they are related to rats to some people because they, yeah, to like fair point, they look like a giant rat. They have a tail. In a lot of different ways, Mm -hmm. um, lots of different parts of their body, but they do have the long tail. Um, their tail though is sort of prehensile so it um is used to grab onto things they can hang upside down from like a tree um they do not hang upside down from a tree to sleep the whole time they're sleeping that's Mm -hmm. a that's a myth Mm -hmm. um because they can't hold on to something for that long their bodies Mm -hmm. are heavy Mm -hmm. um so they do actually build nests and live in them or use burrows that other animals built to live in or sleep in yeah so um they are not giant rats. There you go. There you go. They also, a lot of people uh, think that they could be dangerous. Like if you were to find a possum in your backyard, that they could hurt you or mm-hmm. that it could be dangerous to you or your pet. In general, possums are really docile. Their uh, reaction is more to, um, we were talking about fight or flight, mm-hmm. uh, more to run away. Mm-hmm. Um they will if they're cornered, just like my cat would if he was cornered, hiss and right. potentially bite or scratch um, uh, and look generally menacing yeah. with their teeth and whatnot. Their teeth are actually pretty fragile, so they're mm-hmm. not like the best weapons, really just used for eating. Mm-hmm. Um, because, yeah, they're not really um, great at defending themselves. Their main form of defense, as most people know, is the playing dead action. Playing possum. Yeah, playing possum. So they do play dead, and that is a real thing that happens, but... Oh, cool. I didn't know if that was real or not. It is a real thing that happens, but it's not under their control. So it's like an instinctual reaction 
to mm. that sort of stimulus of not being able to get away, but wanting to flee. Um, and they they go into an involuntary comatose state. Really? Whoa. Yeah. I thought they were like, all right, this is a little bit scary. I'm going to pretend, pretend to be asleep right now. Playing possum yeah. sounds like it's under your control. Yeah, right. Yeah. right. They're not like playing around. Acting. Yeah, be like, oh, look at them. He's having a heart attack just to be silly. Dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> He's so dramatic. No, really? they, um, yeah, it's an involuntary comatose. And it can last for 40 minutes to four hours. Oh. Yeah. So along with that, a lot of other things happen. They give off this smell that Mm -hmm. does signal to other animals that they smell like they might be dead. Um, They pull back their lips and bare their teeth. So they just look kind of not great. Mm -hmm. They look like they're dead. That's Mm -hmm. the whole point. Um, But it's, yeah, it's something that they can uh, keep doing for multiple hours. Um, wow. so that's, that's a real thing, but it's, it's a, I thought it was cool that it was an involuntary mm-hmm. comatose state. Mm-hmm. It's not on purpose. Um, and talking about whether or not they're dangerous though, um, even if you were to get bitten by a possum, I mean, obviously like go to a doctor because that's right. You like, do that not a great well, thing. Don't suck the yeah. venom out. Like, slash there won't be there's, any venom. <laughs> there's no venom. No. Um, just like if you were to get bit by my cat, I'd be like, Hey, Maybe check it check out. Check that out mm-hmm. because bacteria. Yeah. Um, but possums are not inherently more dangerous than any other animal that you would get bit by, especially because they're very small. They're very unlikely to bite you, mm-hmm. but they also um, are very unlikely to have rabies. So a lot oh. of people think that possums just inherently i guess because they sort of live in these urban areas they kind of look like a raccoon i feel like if you yeah. weren't paying too close attention and raccoons get rabies and dogs and cats get rabies mm-hmm. and yeah that can be dangerous but um when a possum is hissing and drooling and stuff that's just a normal thing that they do when they're scared mm-hmm. it doesn't mean they have rabies it's very unlikely like very rare that they get rabies and we think that's because they have a lower body temperature that doesn't allow the rabies virus to really huh. get into their system. Wow. So it's really unlikely that they would even get rabies, mm-hmm. which is another just perk. Like they probably aren't going to hurt you in any way whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> what right. if they're more like they have leprosy, like armadillos? Cause don't they have like, they have like really cold body temperatures. Armadillos. Yeah. Oh, I don't know about that. That's or a maybe that's question. a misconception. I know nothing about next time. Next time. Stay tuned. Next Thanksgiving 2020. (laughs) It's the long con. Um, They can give you like zoonotic diseases again, you know. But so can Don't handle wild animals. Yeah, that's the thing. Any animal could give you a disease. Like (laughs) At the point you're getting it, like you've gone too far. Right. You're too too close. Like that's on you. Right. Here's the, yeah, that's the thing. So um, also people sometimes equate them to causing damage in like their yards or their houses or their gardens. Um, Usually that's done by some other animal Mm -hmm. who I don't want to demonize either, but possums have really soft, delicate nails apparently, Mm -hmm. which is just the cutest thing. They have really delicate hands, so they can't really dig. Like hand models. Yeah, Yeah, they're little hand hand models models of the marsupial marsupial family. Oh, can you imagine a possum with little, like, red painted oh, nails? Modeling, like, a bunch of rings. Oh. He went to Jared. Very. <laughs> yes. Very Jared cute. Jared sponsored yeah. them. Um, anywho, they they can't really cause damage in your yard and garden and home. They could get in if there's an entry point, but right. that's, that's about it. Even if they did get into your garden or your yard, though... That's a perk for you, bonus, because they're really good at eating all these bugs and insects. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. See how fast I was that time? Yeah, yeah. No wait at all. Yeah. Um, So I guess that the statistics are that um, possums will eat about 95% of the ticks that um, are on them. That they find on them, mm-hmm. so Oof. they that seems are hard to do. Yeah, but okay, so they're very meticulous groomers. Mm-hmm. Like they're kind of like a house cat in a way. I mean, different in the way that they groom, but they groom themselves really well. Mm-hmm. So they're actually very clean animals, 
And they also eat most of the bugs that they find in their fur, which happens when you're out in the wild. Yeah. Especially if you live in a place where there's ticks, which now at this point is probably everywhere, but any sort of wooded areas, they're actually really instrumental in stopping the spread of Lyme disease, which is mm. a huge issue, um, especially yeah. in some parts of this country. Kansas. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so they will help eat most of those ticks. They eat thousands of ticks per week. Literally wow. one possum, thousands. I so, want to carry one when I go out into the woods. Yeah, carry as your little yeah. protection. Yeah. Um, no, I don't advise that. No. And that's, that's <laughs> oh, right. The zoonotic diseases. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> They're also yeah. just, you know, wild animals. Yeah. Sure. But, um, so they do clean themselves really well. They're very clean. They eat a lot of bugs and insects. They also eat garden pests. If we're talking about pests. They eat a lot of things that like to eat things in your garden. So they eat slugs. They eat snails. They eat puppy dog tails. They don't eat that. They eat... <laughs> that would make them a <laughs> Yeah, they don't do that. They don't do that. Retract that statement. Um, they also sometimes eat small rodents if they're, you know, hungry and they can find them. Great. So things that you wouldn't want in your garden or your house that your you have a or... natural pest control for if there's possums that live around you, which is, like, really great mm-hmm. and what they're doing already. So I love this quote that I found um, in a couple places, but I guess that people call them the sanitation workers of the wild. Mm-hmm which I think is really sweet because they do. They clean up. They eat, like, fruit that has fallen from trees. They eat also carrion or dead stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, So they really clean up wild natural areas and suburban areas and urban areas. So can't really complain, Mm -mm. I would say. Also, another thing they eat, um, venomous snakes. Ah. Hey. So kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, snakes are also cool, but they are. you know, but there has to be. Eat. Yeah, everybody's got to eat, and there's got to be a control of the population in some way. So possums will eat venomous snakes. We don't have a ton of those in Washington, no. but I know it's a big issue in other places. Lots of people die every year from venomous snake bites, mm-hmm. and possums have some sort of peptide. Going back to. Ah, that discussion proteins. of biology and proteins, they have some sort of peptide in their blood that um, makes them immune to a lot of venoms, ah. which is Whoa. really amazing. Yeah. So we, well, scientists have been kind of studying that in the lab and seeing if that can help with human mm-hmm. uh, vaccinations or, you know, anti-venoms. Right. Because there's a lot of snakes that we still don't have anti-venoms for. Mm-hmm. So... That's a great throwback to episode 21 where we talked about anti-venoms and why you shouldn't actually try to suck the venom out of your hand. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Good good callback. Just make friends with the possum. That's all you need. (laughs) Make friends with the possum. Use their blood. Uh, Whoa. (laughs) Don't use their hand. (laughs) If it's a voluntary possum. That was a dark meat joke. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, anyway, in conclusion... Possums are really great. They're not pest species. Mm-mm. They actually help with a lot of pests. They help humans in a lot of ways. So I want to talk about how you can help possums to make sure that there are enough of them and that they're doing okay out there living amongst humans in a lot of areas. So first of all, if one is playing dead, mm-hmm. if it's playing possum in your backyard, by the side of the road, in public, wherever it is, as long as it looks like it's not dead, you know, Put a little wasn't pillow. hit or something. Yeah, give it a blanket. No. <laughs> the recommendation is generally to try to move it out of the way of traffic. Mm-hmm. So if it's in the road, obviously, and the nice thing to do would be put it on the side of the road. Um, again, they're going to be playing dead for 40 minutes to four hours, so mm-hmm. you're probably fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and if not, they'll probably wake up and pass out again. Yeah. <laughs> so um, move it to the side of the road, you know. Use precautions. Wash your yeah. hands after. Wash your but hands. in general, you're fine. They're pretty clean. Yeah. Um, but move it to the side of the road. If it's in your backyard and you have pets or something, try to move it out of your yard to protect it from your pets or leave your dogs or inside. whomever inside. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't want them in your backyard, don't leave pet food out because they're right. really opportunistic. Right. So they will go to the food. However, They are transient, and they will leave an area in just a couple of days. So they don't stay in one place for very long. Um, 
And so in that case, you don't really have to worry about them for very long. You don't have to worry about, it's not recommended to trap them yeah. and try to relocate because they move. Right. So they'll, it's really do it on not important. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also don't litter food waste because it's bad for the environment actually. Mm -hmm. But also if possums find food waste, like on the side of the road, they're more likely to mm. get hit by cars. Yeah. Yeah. And that's real sad. So don't litter in general. Don't litter food waste. Um, also, if you find an injured possum or a baby who does not have a mother, mm -hmm. for example, baby sometimes possum. mother, yeah, a baby possum mm. to be specific, <laughs> not a human. Um, I don't know anything about that. Um, those got rabies. <laughs> they could, they could. Um, if you find a baby possum, for example, sometimes sadly, Mothers can get hit by cars, but the babies can survive, mm -hmm. whether they're in her pouch, which mm -hmm. you can check. You can look in her pouch, just like a kangaroo pouch, mm -hmm. and see if there's babies in there. Or uh, if they're big enough, they'd be riding on her back. Mm -hmm. um, mm. If you find little baby possums, which is adorable, by the way, oh my God, look up pictures. So but if I saw cute. that so cute. accompanied with the dead mom, I think I would not sleep. For a thousand moons. What do you mean? Oh, for sure. A little baby right oh. on the back of a mom. No, I, yeah. car. I would cry. Yeah. Just be over. I would cry no. for a thousand years. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's awful and terrible, but it's a reality yeah, and it sure. happens a lot. So the best thing you can do to be a nice human is if you see that, check it out for babies yep. as safely as you can Yep. because you can call animal control. You can yep. call your local wildlife rehab and they will take them in and they'll take care of them and then release them, which is awesome. Um, or injured ones often go to rehab facilities, and that's really cool too. Yeah. Um, when in doubt, I think you should call Animal Control. If there's ever a possum in your home or somewhere you don't want it to be or it seems like it's in danger or something, call Animal Control. They help with, that, with all that. Also, lastly, but not least... Vote to protect our local wild areas and support your local parks because the best thing we can do for wildlife is to leave natural areas natural and wild areas wild and to protect those areas. Here, here. Thanks, Brooke. Here, Thank here. you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. I love possums and opossums. Yeah. We love them I, all. I yeah. think I... Well, we won't see possums now, right? Or at least here. What do you mean? Right? My understanding is oh, we won't if see you saw possums. a possum, it'd be in a tree. Correct. And you'd not Technically, be in North America. Technically, possum with a P, it's not here. Opossums oh, with an O are here. But we all call them possums, sure. so yeah. it's all fine, you yep. know? We yep. shouldn't get all Don't be pedantic. And pedantic. Yeah. It's like, fine. Technically, you saw an opossum. Yeah. Yeah. I will do that, though. Great. Yeah. Um, but really, I can't emphasize enough. If you have not looked up pictures of baby possums, oh, baby opossums. So cute. Oh, oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. Oh, Can I do a shout out to why I got inspired to do this? Yeah. So um, I just donated a bunch of uh, old mascara wands yes. um, with the help of a lot of my coworkers and volunteers at the aquarium I work at with Margaret um, to the Appalachian Wildlife Refuge. And that is far away from Washington, but they do this really cool thing where they rescue, you know, wildlife, especially a lot of baby animals that are orphaned. Mm -hmm. And in order to get like ticks, for example, or sticky stuff from humans or pollution or whatever it is that's trapped in their fur, they use old cleaned off mascara wands. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so... They have the cutest Instagram, and they have the cutest little baby possum picture with the little mascara wand brushing its little fur. Oh and gosh. so I was like, I can't not talk about yeah. possums because they're so cute. Yeah, so yeah. cute. Yeah, you Shout did. We got you got a ton of mascara wands. Yeah, a we ton of we. It was a few months of time, and we uh, gathered fifty wands. That's huge. Pretty good. That's huge. Yeah. Well, thanks, Brooke. Yeah. Um, it's funny that you mention animals that are good at pest control because that brings me to my misconception, which mm. is all about bats. Ooh. So if you look up the hashtag on Instagram, blind as a bat, you will see a lot yeah. of people showing off their very cute glasses and being like, oh, I can barely see without these. Hashtag blind as a bat. Well, guess what? Bats what? can't 
Drive. No. <laughs> oh. Bats don't need to read, so take off your reading glasses, everybody. Um, bats can't drive. That's true, Camden. Um, but it has nothing to do with their eyesight. I don't know if that's been proven. Yeah. We'll, we'll do Thanksgiving 2021. <laughs> Here we go. We it's got two lineups. So many lineups. Yeah. Um, but bats actually have really good vision. So Brooke and I try to live, my inspiration for this was Brooke and I try to live Halloween in our hearts all year round. Oh, yes. One of the best symbols of Halloween is our bats. Um, was thinking about them. And yeah, blind as a bat, not accurate. So first, my sources are two National Geographic articles. One's called Six Bat Myths Busted. One's called Whispering Bat Evolved to Trick Prey, which we'll get to. Whoa. Wow. That, that was, was a scary sound. That was terrifying. It's still, it's still Halloween, everybody. I guess, I guess it's still Halloween. Um, a live science article called Are Bats Really Blind? A um, blog post by Dr. Christopher, Christopher Baird from West Texas A&M University. And the United States Fish and Wildlife Services, which I'll also get to. So, um, bats are really good at seeing. There are some that are better than others, just like humans, but some, some species are better than others because of the things that they have evolved to hunt and the way that they've evolved to interact with their environment. So, um, according to Rob Mize, who is the director for the Organization for Bat Conservation, large bat species, at least a lot of them, can see three times better than humans can. Whoa. Whoa. Is that like better. flying foxes? Because those are so I imagine. cute. Oh, oh my very, God. Very, yeah. Yeah. Um, so the sense that bats are probably best known for is... Rabies. Nope. They're... <laughs> Like an orca, yes. So echolocation, basically the animal, it could be an orca, it could be a bat. Um, They're making a sound and that sound, those sound waves bounce off of objects and bounce back to the animal that made them to let that animal, in this case the bat, know where those objects like yummy bugs are. So that's what they're probably best known for. But just because they have that sense that doesn't require their vision doesn't mean they don't use their vision. So um, I learned that the range for echolocation is about 30 to 70 feet, mm. which is pretty good. Should I yeah. test it out right now? Uh, I'm going to you... close my eyes. Oh, no. I'm going to start walking around this apartment room. Scraping? <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> boop. <laughs> people, I mean, there are people who are um, oh, visually that, impaired. Actually, that is true. Who use that. They do. And like I think I've seen snapping before too. Yeah, because oh. yeah, if you are limited by not using your sight, yeah, mm. you, you your other senses kind of can make up for that. And mm. is that true? I, I know people use it. Is that a well? I don't know if they're. I don't. I would imagine they're not necessarily like developing, but I'm sure you pay more attention to it. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I mean, you're not distracted by the visual input. It's not like you get superhuman powers. Right. You just are. Yeah. You can concentrate focusing on one other sense yeah. instead. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so yes, bats do use echolocation to hunt, but sometimes they use their sight to hunt. So, first of all, not all bats use echolocation. Oh, so, I don't know if I, I know. thought about that. I mm-hmm. know. So, some bats is really helpful for, like, those that are looking for, like, bugs and things like moths. But other bats, like fruit bats, that fruit isn't going anywhere. So, it's not, like, it's not really you that never important. Know. I mean, <laughs> it's not that important that they be able to locate it using sound. So... Say that you've got a bat that either is like a fruit bat that can eat fruit or takes the nectar from flowers. They, those bats can use their incredible vision to find food because some of them can detect ultraviolet light, which humans yeah. can't see. Don't like cacti flowers. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. There's People something like, about like, that. Cause like bats are like essential to like pollination mm-hmm. for plants that make tequila. Yes. Oh, so important. Are... Very important. Yeah. 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 So flowers and I believe other fruits like that, they reflect UV light. Same so, for bees too, I think. Bees. I, I can't speak to that. I actually think bees see an ultraviolet as well. I can't confirm more. They than probably that. do. They're so badass. They're I really put my biological teaching reputation on it. Wow. Okay. <laughs> All right. Gauntlet. <laughs> we'll follow up on that too next year. Um, so no, flowers... 2022, I think. Oh, 2022 wow. Thanksgiving. Here it comes. <laughs> 
So flowers reflect UV light, so being able to see that part of the light spectrum is really helpful for nectar-eating bats. But there are bats, a lot of bats, that use both the ability to see and the ability to echolocate to find food. So a 2015 study suggests that bats put together visual and auditory inputs to gauge distance. Mm. So to kind of figure out their depth depth perception. Um, Another 2003 study found that the brown long-eared bat, that is an insect eater, preferred hunting with both visual and sonar inputs. But if they could only use one sense, they preferred their vision. Mm. I don't know how they Mm. found that out but they prefer vision if they can't use both vision and sound. Little bat blindfolds. Little bat blindfolds. Oh my gosh. Little Band bat name. earplugs. Bla- bat bind. Little bat oh. bind. Little oh, bat. it's no, too it's much of a tongue twister. Little bat blindfold. Little bat blindfold. <laughs> I do love it, but it's impossible. Um, so bats may not be able to see in color the way that we do, but they definitely see better than we can at dawn and dusk in particular because mm. that's the time when they're out and about, they're looking for things. Um, and I hadn't thought about it, but bats also use their visual capabilities to interact with one another. So they also see each other to socialize too. Mm. Um, you've got to, you know, find your own little place in the cave when you're going to hang upside down. Bat fight clubs. Bat you got to see for your <laughs> bat fight clubs. Um, and it's possible that the expression blind as a bat came about because if you think about the way that bats fly, it's not like a smooth, graceful, <laughs> like <laughs> eagle motion. Mm-hmm. It's kind like a, like they're all over the place. So it's possible that someone was like, that bat looks like it can't see, even though they can. They're doing their business. They're looking for bugs. Um, So blind as a bat is actually a really great way to compliment someone on their good vision. Wow. Now, two things. I'm going to tell everybody that. Good. Good. (laughs) I'm... Please report back. (laughs) How it goes. Thanksgiving 2023. (laughs) How did it go? All right. Four straight years. Ooh, that's a long case study. It's a long case study, but it's important. Set your sources. Um, So I went down a cool rabbit hole. Babbit hole. Sorry, I tried. Yeah, no. Uh, So there's this bat called the Barbastelle bat, which has the ability to whisper with its echolocation clicks. Because, you know, they're making that sound. They want to find where things are. Um, But there are these moths called eared moths that can hear. And so... Oh, my gosh. Moths are also adorable. Moths are sorry. Everything's cute. Yeah. Um, But they... So they have really good abilities to hear. So it's really hard for bats to sneak up on them because they are making those sounds. But this Barbastelle bat can get within 11 feet of these moths without being detected. And most other bats... The moths can hear them from about 100 feet away. Wow. Barbastelli bat calls are 100 times fainter than other bat calls. Oh, well, that explains the 100 feet. Yeah. (laughs) Math. So they, but they really have like kind of learned to whisper their little echolocation sounds. When I get closer and closer to my dinner, I start whispering. To soothe it into submission. (laughs) Well, just so it doesn't run away. Oh, yikes. Yeah. <clears throat> Good thing this is the last episode, eh? Ooh. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Down. Please come back. Please come back, everybody. In um, 2024. So much right. like... <laughs> so much like Brooke ended her misconception with some opossum conservation. It's almost like we care about animals. It's almost like that's our entire deal. <laughs> um, so, yes, as Kim had mentioned, bats are pollinators. They're also seed dispensers. So much of the rainforest, because bats... Some species of bats do eat all that fruit through their guano or their poop. They spread out seeds in the rainforest. Really important. Bats also make tequila possible because they pollinate agave. So if you're a fan ding, of ding, ding. tequila, your margaritas. you're also a fan of bats. Um, and much like the opossum, the Center for Biological Diversity says that bats' pest control work is worth 37 to $53 billion a year because Whoa. of how many bugs they eat. Now, I realize, I realize that 3 to $53 billion is a huge range, but it's you get billions. it. It's still billions of dollars. Billions of dollars. Someone mm-hmm. says, I'm going to pay you between 3 and $53 billion. I'm like, great. Don't even care where Somewhere that final in between number is. Yeah. <laughs> great. Sounds I'm good. I'm fine with it. <laughs> um, and again, they eat all those bugs, which takes care of pests, and that does things like save crops, Stops the spread of disease, malaria, things like that. Really important work. 
And you might have heard of white nose syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, white nose syndrome is a fungus that grows on bats during their torpor or their light hibernation. Um, and somehow it makes it so that they, I think maybe they wake up. I'm not sure on this exactly. If you know about bats, please email us at twobirdsonescone.org. No, that's our website. We'll get to it. Um, <laughs> don't pee on your leg at gmail.com. Don't pee on your leg at gmail.com. Thank you. Um, we got it. We got there. We got it. We got there. But basically, it like wakes them up, and so that instead of saving those fat stores that will get them all through the winter, the fungus makes it so they use it up before mm-hmm. they're done. And so that's a big problem. So they get hungry. So they get hungry. Yeah. Aww. And then there's nothing around. Yeah. So I loved this list from the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, 10 Ways to Be a Friend to Bats. Um, if you love bats like we do, or if you're just a fan of tequila, I want to keep that around. I hope that it's the first one, but both. Number we'll, we'll take one. both. Number one. <laughs> I was trying to make it. In, oh, you were like, choosing? Number one. Number one. Be a bat ambassador. Um, learn more about bats. Tell people that, you know, they're not scary. Tell them about all the cool things they do. Spread the word about them. Number two, reduce pesticides. Can I call myself an ambassador? Oh, you absolutely may call yourself an ambassador. Okay, I took back my point. I want a case study on that one, too. Yeah. How many people respond to you (laughs) saying, I'm your resident ambassador? Yeah, so number two, reduce pesticides. Um try to really cut down on what you're using, try to figure out other ways to to control those weeds without using or not get a possum. Yeah, get a well don't get a possum, but <laughs> invite possums you know. to live around you and don't be worried about it. That's right. So, make sure that you're not using too many pesticides, make sure you're you're using alternatives if they exist. Promote natural bat habitat. Mm-hmm. So do things like leave stags, which are dead trees in your yard if they're not a hazard. Um, dead trees are cool. Dead right? trees are so cool. They're a great habitat for so many animals. You can build a bat house. Um, number four, protect water quality. Again, kind of go, goes into pesticides. Making sure that they have clean water sources is really important. Five, put up a bat house. I said that too early. Um, you can <laughs> I was find, wondering where this numbered it. list was going. You can find... Uh, Lots of instructions for lots of different bat houses online. Um, be a citizen science. Oh my gosh. Be a citizen scientist. Um, <laughs> so there's lots of different research projects that you can participate in. Um, even just by reporting where your bats are that you've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, number seven, avoid disturbing bats. So if you're a spelunker, if you see them in your area, just leave them alone especially when they're hibernating or in torpor, they really need to stay asleep. They really need to. I like that idea because you don't really think about, hey, some animals are sleeping all winter. Don't go there. Mm -hmm. I don't Mm -hmm. know. That's something I've never really thought about. Yeah. That's a good, good tip. Don't, don't, don't mess with them. Yeah. Um, also something that's not on this list, but which is that if you, to try to avoid the spread of white nose syndrome that I mentioned, if you are a hiker or you do explore caves, make sure to wash your gear from cave to cave because yes. you could be the reason that it's spreading. So please wash your stuff. Yeah, I've heard you're supposed to use like a bleach solution to yeah. make sure it's all killed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, please, please clean your gear. Um, safely remove or exclude bats if they're in your house. Please call animal control. Mm-hmm. They'll know what to do. When in doubt, call animal control. When in doubt, call animal control. Um, if they're somewhere like underneath your, you know, porch or awning or whatever that they don't want to be, make sure that you safely remove them if they need to be moved. But again, if they're on your property somewhere, good for you. Guess what isn't? Mosquitoes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's bats. Bats have great vision. It's a compliment. Thanks, Margaret. You're welcome. I love bats too. So, um, before we end each episode, it's time for our short segment sharing something that we've consumed, that we've read or listened to or watched, something like that. Brooke, as our guest, what have you been consuming recently? Okay, so I was just going to say these dark chocolate Reese's miniature cups. So great. A little ASMR for you. (laughs) Um, I know that's what this is all about. Um, I was just going to say that because my mom gave them to me for Halloween and I appreciate it a lot, but 
also, I want to mention a game because I think it's really good. I know what it's going to be. No, you don't. Oh, do I not? Okay. Sorry. Sorry. How dare you even <laughs> presume? I thought it was going to be Zelda. Okay. Everyone knows Zelda is good at this point. Sorry. Like, you have to know that. Okay. Um, <laughs> however, I like supporting some indie indie games. I mm-hmm. think I'm pretty sure this is an indie game, but... Um, Super Mario. This is <laughs> Super Mario Party. Um, no, I have a Switch, and I love it. And I have been replaying a game that I played last year, like around the Halloween time, I think. Mm-hmm. Um because it's really good. And it's called The Final Station. And you can get it on Switch. I don't know what else it's available on. Sorry. But it's real good. It's spooky. Oh, no. It's spooky. Oh, no. Um, It's kind of, it's like an apocalyptic kind of scenario. It's very story-driven. Okay. But it's also, it's like... Um, Is it open world? A scrolling, no. It's oh. scrolling, kind of like... RPG scrolling type old school. It's like old school, but in a new art style. That's yeah. so beautiful. Okay. So beautiful. So highly recommend it. The final station. There you go. There's your plug. Nice. Great. Don't know anything about the people who made it. Sure. But I like it a lot. And we will accept uh, compensation for mentioning them. Yep. Well, so will I. <laughs> since we're talking about switch games. Oh boy. We've been playing a game. We sort of beat a game. Sort of almost the untitled goose game. <gasps> I know. Have you played it? I haven't played it. I've watched people play it. Oh, you should play it later. Also sponsored by YouTube. Sorry. I watch a lot of people play the Goose game on YouTube. (laughs) Yep. Uh, Created by Epic Games. It's a game where you are a goose Mm -hmm. and you just accomplish tasks in your goose form. Mm -hmm. Um, You bother people, you steal things, you goose it up. Yeah. And it's really fun. And it's like a nice little puzzle and it's very. The music's very, very the yeah. music's very soothing, but it's also very fun. Um, it's funny and mm-hmm. funny. You mm-hmm. get to goose people, and oh, do you? With, as a goose, yeah, you you bite people. Something. No, no, you, you don't. steal their stuff. You steal their stuff. You honk okay. at them. Really, you, you are them. a goose, so you're constantly you're goosing. constantly goose in the world, <laughs> just like I'm humaning. <laughs> goose game. Goose game. Mm-hmm. And I am excited about something that since it's. As of this uh, recording, it's not Thanksgiving yet, but... It, it definitely is. Well, no, it, for us in this time period. You're scaring them. I'm not... I don't know what time <laughs> period they're in. They don't understand. People sorry, sorry, sorry. Panic attack in their best sorry. by parking Time lots. is a flat sorry. circle, everybody. In, in my world, it's November 5th when we're recording this. Now you sound... <laughs> um, and I just finished this last season of Great British Bake Off, year mm. 10. And honestly... Much like Brooke said about Zelda, if you you should know how great it is by now, you really should know how great Great British Bake Off is right now because it's so wonderful. I hope I'm not spoiling this for anybody. I'm gonna give like just a quick few seconds to. Well, don't. Should I not say it? What, are you what? gonna say who wins? Yeah. Well, no. Say... You can't say who wins. Fine. Okay. Well, let's just say there is one person I support wholeheartedly. Uh, there's one person who wins. <laughs> I, I support food. all of them. Um. It's just a really great season. It's a really great season. And if you don't follow them, if you are into Bake Off and you don't follow them on Instagram, you really should. It's it's just, it makes me feel like humans still have something good inside them that comes Aww. out when we bake cupcakes. That rarely so happens. It's very rare. So we follow the Great British Bake Off on Instagram? You can, but you can also follow the, the individuals. former individuals okay. who are contestants, winners, etc. Because they're okay. all wonderful. And they all get along and they all visit each other and it's great. Yeah, they're very sweet. It's pun intended. <laughs> but, um... But um, well, thank you all so much for listening today. You can hear more content like this from our sister wife podcast, from U to O, hosted by me. Don't pee on your leg and other scientific misconceptions is a podcast produced by Two Birds One Scone. Articles, blog posts, Meatless Mondays, and more about what you can do every day to conserve our environment can be found at www.twobirdsonescone.org. Original music for a theme song by Camillo. You can find us on Stitcher, on iTunes, on music things, SoundCloud, SoundCloud. Spotify, wherever you digest and ingest uh, music, you'll find us. And if you have scientific misconceptions you'd like us to explain or talk about or you want to just give feedback to us, please email us at 
don'tpeeonyourleg at gmail.com. Also, if you want to subscribe to our podcast on any of those platforms and give us a review, that would be much appreciated. Subscribe and like. Have Have a a great great week. week. I just didn't know if anyone was going to say anything funny. (laughs) (laughs) I like that part. Always wait. Did you record that part? (laughs) Yep. Okay, that's the best part. (laughs) And it's staying in there. Bye, everybody. (laughs) 